Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Okay, so welcome. It's the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. I'm so excited to come online today and to be able to share our guests with you because as you know, we love to hear about people's stories and examples of people who have set up their businesses under yourname.com and uh, because you are what makes your business unique. And, and today we have an incredible guest. He is an insp- inspirational speaker, facilitator, author and mountaineer, would you believe? Uh, he has 15 years experience as a professional consultant, particularly in the oil and gas, mining and land development sector across Australia and Southeast Asia. But I think this is pretty incredible. He also has achieved an incredible goal, which was an unguided ascent to Mount Everest or up Mount Everest. Isn't that just extraordinary? Um, but he's got some incredible skills that he's been able to bring from that experience as well. And he draws on his mountaineering experiencing skill, experience skills, particularly around this concept of VUCA, which is uh, V stands for volatility, U is uncertainty, the C is complexity, and A is ambiguity. He's a certified speaking professional. There's only 7% of speakers in the world have that certification. Uh, and he's uh, one of the, the world-renowned TEDx presenters. You might have seen TED uh, YouTube videos and things like that. So he's a TEDx presenter. But above all, he's a great human being, nice bloke, and he's a, human, he's a husband and a dad. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We've got Patrick Hollingworth. How are you, Patrick? I'm very well. Thank you, Jane. What an introduction. Well, <laughs> I'll, I wish my I'll guy just, read like that. It'll climb Mount Everest. Jeez. I'll, I'll, I'll just go with husband and dad, if you like. Uh, you're very humble. But, uh, you know, you're just, you're just extraordinary. That's really just an incredible bio to read out. You know, um, can you tell us? Uh, tell us a bit about that. What what made you climb Mount Everest? What would make you do that? <laughs> um, it, it's funny because to you it seems incredible, but to me, and I especially noticed this not long after summoning Everest, it, people are going, wow, I can't believe you did it. And it wasn't a big deal to me because I've got a whole bunch of mates who've climbed Everest. So, oh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I've got, yeah. I've got, yeah, yeah, you know, as you do, as mm. you do in your spare time. Um, oh, look, I, you know, I've been been mountaineering since or had an interest in the mountains since probably the late 90s um and um ever since i was at university and and just started out trekking and then progressively learned rock climbing and then technical mountaineering and then started doing stuff in the himalayas and spent about sort of 10 years work you know doing stuff in the himalayas and eventually i set my sights on everest and um, i was really really fortunate to be able to, to to summit everest on my first attempt in um in 2010 and um, so, yeah, I love being in the mountains and uh, being a very goal-orientated person. If you're a mountaineer, I guess it's inevitable at some point in time that you start thinking about climbing those really, really big 8,000-metre peaks. And, um, and I've yeah, been really lucky to have a fairly long association with the Himalayas as a, as a result of that. Wow. So this kind of, you know, this really comes back to your, 
you know, we talk a bit about some of the other episodes and we talk about Brand You, about that 10,000 hours and um, from the work that Malcolm Gladwell did in, in Blink and he talked about, you know, to be able to be an expert at something, you've got 10,000 hours and you're 10,000 hours. So you started mountaineering you know, at quite a young age. It wasn't like you were, you had, um, uh, you know, like this midlife crisis where you went that's it I'm, I'm gonna climb Mount Everest you've been doing this type of you know you've been doing that since you were did you say while you were at uni yeah look I was really lucky my mum and dad um um were had a real sort of natural affinity with the outdoors and so mm-hmm. so they I'm one of four kids and so so most of our, our holidays were spent camping and, and the like so we're all as a family we're pretty comfortable knocking about in the bush um and um, and then that led me to to like at university I studied a mixture a weird mixture actually um, of anthropology geography and psychology but mm. in re- in retrospect it totally makes sense with, with what I do now and so mm. just having that natural love of the outdoors and and the first time I really went to the mountains I think I was eighteen or nineteen and I so I thought ah. Oh, yeah, this is where I belong, and then yeah, over over the subsequent sort of decade, been been lucky enough to yeah, really put in that that, that ten thousand hours or so, and um and get quite good at, at one thing, and then at the same time in my consulting work, I I guess I put in my ten thousand hours in that regard, and I got to I got to understand how large organisations operate in, in big industry and the like, and um and and through through that, I guess I was, I was able to to combine those two. Um, that's twenty thousand hours. Yeah, it is. <laughs> into, into what I do now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Beyond the expert, creating experts. <laughs> so, just yeah, on yeah. that. So, tell us a bit more about the type of business that you have, and you know the people you help, and how do you help them? Yeah. So, um, my business is essentially, I guess, if 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 you were to to categorise it, you, you might call me a, a consultant or a consultant who also works as a professional speaker. Right. Um, and I've been working as a consultant to industry for, for, as I said previously, for a number of years, for, mm-hmm. for more than a decade. But I was really specialising more in the geography side of things. I was working as an environmental consultant, helping large-scale oil and gas projects and mining projects get their approvals. But the the having had that success in the mountains and then developing a sort of essentially a side career as a professional speaker, that that really opened the door to me being able to to go. Okay, well, well, I think there's something really really powerful here um i guess um and and that sort of gave me the 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 foot in the door to some of the larger organizations which is who i tend to work with now so so essentially i i I help large organizations uh contend with uncertainty um a lot of people sort of you know throw mud at large organizations sometimes they're a little bit unpopular Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes they're perceived to be the bad guys but in a way I I have a lot of empathy for them I've I've worked in one myself and and um, organizations large organizations at least I you know their their, their time in the sun essentially I reckon was the you know sort of the the 80s 90s early 2000s but they're really struggling with this this uh, we all know that the the landscape is changing but particularly that that rate of change and 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 I think that through my experiences, I've I've found some really cool solutions in terms of how larger groups can actually deal with the volatility, the uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity that that everybody's having to contend with today. So so that's essentially sort of who I help. I work in that space primarily with with the larger organisations. Not to say that I don't work with smaller groups as well. Yes. Um, 
but I, I feel that that's where my knowledge, I guess, can best be applied and is of, of greatest value. Yeah, right. Because I imagine, you know, I, I, a bit like if you're in one of those larger organisations, because I tend to work with, I've worked with larger organisations, but most of my clients are sort of probably more medium type. And I guess their ability to um, uh, to adapt to change is one of their strengths. They can move fairly fast. But if you're in a large organisation, I guess that that would be one of the challenges is just purely the size of it means that it's a slower yeah. ship to turn around sometimes. Was yeah, right? absolutely. And, I mean, if you want to look at the origins of the concept of VUCA itself, it's, mm. it's with the U.S. military at the end of the, of the Cold War in, in oh, the okay. early 1990s. And, and they, they, the U.S. military was, was, as a result of, you know, its success in World War II and then sort of going through the Cold War, they'd become incredibly large and incredibly powerful and were essentially the world police. But they, they, they suddenly found themselves in an environment without a, a you know, previously it was a bilateral environment. It was the East sort of versus the West kind of thing. Where now, or overnight, they, they sort of found themselves in, um, in a new, new environment with lots of smaller you know, non-state entities and the like. Um, you know, IS is a classic example. Mm-hmm. And so they, they kind of realised, right, we've, we've got to adapt to these changing circumstances. Um, and so whereas before, the, you know, the saying was might is right, Right. That doesn't really kind of apply now because these these combatants are much smaller and more agile and nimble, and they realised they needed to 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 um, I guess reorganise the way they dealt with their with their their enemies, so to speak. And so they, they came up with this concept of VUCA. That was the the all encompassing one word which summarised the landscape which they they identified they needed to be comfortable operating in. And, and, then, and then it sort of got picked up in the business vernacular in the past few years. And, um, and I think, yeah, it's a very, very apt description of the landscape that, that, that we're all playing in at the moment. And that's interesting because if you, you know, I'm thinking about your, your brand and your name um, and your business, at what point did you realise there's a parallel here between me climbing mountains and and business, the consulting work that you're doing, did you have this light bulb moment that just came to you or was it, was it gradual? Or Yeah, no, it was definitely not the light bulb moment. It was very gradual and, right. and my, my progression um, doing what I do now, essentially I'm sort of into my fifth or sixth year and it really started out with just um, speaking on the side and initially mm-hmm. I was like, oh, awesome, they're going to pay me to tell my story to speak about me. How cool is that? <laughs> and it's, you know, and you just, you just, you know, yeah, you laugh at it now, but at the time it's just so egocentric and really self-indulgent. And I did that for a year or two, and, uh-huh. and but I, I gradually learned that, no, actually it's not about you at all. Um, it's really about the, 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 I guess, what you're bringing, what lessons you're bringing to the audience or what you're sharing together. It's not about you, it's not about them, it's about us kind of thing. And so I guess over my career as a speaker, I've progressed and, um, yeah, not really a light bulb moment as such, but I, I, I knew that as a, as, a, as a speaker talking about something they did that you had a very limited shelf life and, and I started feeling uncomfortable. I got bored talking about it and, um, and I, you know, I needed sort of more meaning in what I was doing. And so it was when I was introduced to the, the, the thought leaders community in Australia and, um, and um, through the work of Matt Church and Pete Cook and obviously you and I know each other through the thought leader community, um, that's when I started really appreciating, oh, okay, so it's not about what you've done, it's, it's about actually what you know and, and how that knowledge can help others. Yes. So it really was 
yeah, it's been five years, you know, um, for me to really work out, okay, now I know exactly who I can help and how I can help them um, and getting a lot more niched in, in, in how I do that. Whereas before, it was a much more broader sort of, um, you know, I, I didn't really, I wasn't exactly aware of the value that I could offer to my clients. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite a common, I think that's quite a common um call it a mistake for speakers, especially early on in their career, um, and particularly speakers who have accomplished something because naturally they're talk- talking about themselves, um, but the whole reason an audience is listening to that speaker is because the, the audience wants to learn and to improve you know, their own life. Yes. Um, and, and so rather than inward focusing, yeah, learning to be outward focusing and, and, and focusing on the value that you bring to the room. Yeah, that's really interesting, Patrick, because I remember um, you, you, you made a comment there before where you said it's not about um, what you've done, but it's more about what you know. And I remember when I was looking at speaking, I used to think, oh, I, I'd been a trainer and a coach for years and I, I wanted to do speaking, but I thought, oh, well, I haven't, I haven't been in the Olympics. I haven't climbed Mount Everest. I've got all my limbs. Um, I haven't recovered yeah. from cancer. I haven't, you know, I don't have anything inspiring to say. I'm so practical. I just focus on what will get a result and an outcome and let's just do that. But, um, uh, but and, and uh, I had uh, Annalie on the, on the, on the uh, podcast just recently and she said the same mm. thing. And mm. so I guess that's interesting to hear you say that, you know, it's not necessarily about climbing Mount Everest. It's about what you know from that experience and also your consulting experience and then creating some meaning with that for your yeah, audience, is that right? Yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at what I was doing in the early days, it, when you boil it down, it was essentially about entertainment and okay, I'm, right. I'm not an entertainer and yet I would be speaking at after-dinner events and the like and I haven't spoken at an after-dinner event for a couple of years now oh, and, okay. um, and, and I've got no problems with that because <laughs> I find that. <laughs> I find those dinner events hard, hard work, and yeah. and in a way, you feel like you're almost being rolled out as the the latest sort of you know shiny object for people to look at. But right. it's when you really you stand in your conviction of what you know and how it will help people that that's when you know you 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 bring about change for the people you work for, for your clients, but also you you find you know really deep meaning in the work that you do yourself and. And, you know, we're all, you know, we're all here, you know, we've got an awesome opportunity in our lives to do something with our lives and, and um, um, yeah, that, that's, that's what drives me and why I do this type of work now. Um, I get to work with some fantastic people. Um, I get to, to mix with some, some amazing thought leader colleagues um, and I personally grow a lot through that process as well and, and it enables me the autonomy to spend time with my my family and mm. um and to have 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 that autonomy in my life whereas previously as a, a salaried consultant that that really wasn't an option i see okay and so that's an uh, just to go into this next question that i've got which is from you know going from a salaried consultant now you're under your name.com uh, what made you decide to not be VUCA.com or any other, you know, whatever your message mm-hmm. is, you know, because you, you do a lot of leadership work and strategy and, um, you know, agility, particularly in those types of environments. What made you decide to use your name instead of those messages that you have? Yeah, sure. And so, so hopefully not to disappoint you, but there wasn't some... 
um, some very clever savvy strategy or anything like that. Which would be yeah, default. Okay. When I set up my website pre going to Everest in uh, late 2009 or early 2010, uh-huh. I remember sort of umming and ahhing going, oh, should I have it as patrickcollingworth.com or should I have it as, as you know, everestclimb.com or something like that. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I went, oh, look, I'll just go with my name, really not appreciating that there would be any use for the website post Everest. I mean, I set up the website purely to um, to drum up some sponsorship and to document and, and blog to my website. So when I was on the mountain, I could I was actually blogging every day, and oh. you know I was posting blogs from eight thousand e's and stuff like that, which is which is pretty awesome. But it, it I didn't ever intend the the website to go beyond that, and I didn't realise that it would that that would open the door for this new this new career in life that I had. So initially, it was just that I thought, all right, I'll just go with patrickcollingworth.com. And um, and it was probably at about that time that I started seeing a lot of other people and, you know, sort of registering their own names. And so I, I was just fortunate that I kind of made that decision early on and I haven't really had, had to change it. Um, I guess it works around the idea of if you're known for knowing something, if you're really the thought leader or the or the, 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 the authority, the, the expert in your field, um, it's 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 your name that they know. Yes. It's not VUCA or it's not leadership. It's it's your name. Mm. Um, you know, Jane, you're known for your your specialty, and it, it it's not because it's LinkedIn or anything like that. What differentiates you from everybody else is that you know it's you and your name and all the good work that you do. Yes, and so you know you've you've had an extraordinary journey. What if the the benefits that have you seen from you know yourself, like um, I, I know I've certainly found it just gets better cut through and people connect with people. I always say people buy from people. Um, but mm. has there been anything that you particularly noticed that you thought, ah, oh, okay, now I see. That's because of PatrickHollingwood.com or because mm. you know you're operating under your name. Is there anything like that that you've specifically noticed? Well, look, I reckon the best thing about it is is that it enables you to change and not have to constantly change your website domain. I mean, let's, you know, let's say I started out as, you know, inspirational speaker or Everest speaker or whatever, and, yes. you know, that's not what I do now. Um, or if you start out as a teamwork expert or, you know, and then two years later, you know, you're changing. And, and you know, as, as we both know, as you go on this journey, you're, yes. you're constantly changing and evolving. Mm. Um, but by sticking to your name.com, you know, that's your little, that's your little home base. That's your base camp at the foot of the mountain. And you might go off and climb one mountain and then come back to base camp and then go off and climb another mountain across the other side of the valley. Um, but you're still coming back to your, 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 your own name.com, your base camp and, 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 and you, that can evolve as you evolve. So that's, I think, what is probably one of the, one of the benefits of, of doing it. Oh, I like that analogy. That's like base camp. And so yeah. you can have, I love that. So you can you can have a number of different mountains. It's not just about Everest, but it's about all these other mountains. Your actually real focus is not – it's actually base camp that's your foundation and where you're coming back to, but you've got all these other opportunities which are different mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and let's let's continue this metaphor, if you will. And, and I didn't plan, didn't pre-plan <laughs> no, this game. It just, it just popped out. <laughs> but um, you know, you get to the summit of, of Everest or whatever, and what do you do after that? You know, you can't oh, keep yeah, doing that, that again. And I face that literally that same problem myself. Um, and I, I I think that you know you've got to be open to doing different things. And as I said, you're, you're probably over time. Everybody's journey and is is evolving, and and you're it's not just the one thing that you're doing. It's not just the one mountain that you're going to climb. 
you've always got to go back home or get back down the mountain to base camp and check in and recover and rest before the next push. And, um, and um, yeah, having, having your name.com certainly gives you that flexibility and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you just have to keep climbing that same mountain again and again. Yes. You can see where the opportunities are. Hey, I'm really on a roll with this metaphor. You know, the weather might be <laughs> bad on one mountain. So you go, oh, but over there across the valley, that mountain will lose beautiful sunshine and it's in great condition. The ice is perfect. I'm going to do that. And, again, it's, it's all that about that, you know, that agility. I mean, everything I do is around VUCA and, and the response to VUCA being, uh, being agile, being – I refer to it as alpine style, this yes. particular style of mountaineering where you climb – um, light, hard, and fast, um, and um, and that's sort of the the mentality I'm sort of introducing into organisations. And I think that you know you can certainly use it for your own um, your own um, thought leadership or your own you know solo consultancy or speaking business and the like. Right. Oh, that's nice. So Alpine style. So it gives you. So yourname.com is giving you, and for others, uh, that flexibility. You can go Alpine style, and you can pick your mountain if that. The conditions are right. I love all that. Oh, that's what, the beauty. Janine Garner, the, the guru of collaboration, would be very Fabulous, proud Janine. of us right now. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's very cool. I like that. Well, isn't it wonderful how you get, uh, you know, just just that ideas and um, those that come together. That's awesome. And um, so, uh, have you? I think one of the things. I don't know if you've had this situation. But one of the things that I find sometimes when people are considering setting up their business name or they have, they're, they're a bit scared of setting up yourname.com because one, they'll, they might be a bit scared that maybe I appear too small or um, they are also a bit scared of them being the face. You know, in Australia, we have this pretty laid back culture where we're not Kim Kardashian or, you know, mm-hmm. we're saying, look at me and I'm so good. Um uh, I guess, have you had any challenges in your business as a result of being the face of it, I, uh, other yeah. than people coming up and wanting autographs? <laughs> Are you yeah, being famous in uh, Perth? <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it, um, it uh, you know, I guess when I'm talking about the idea that it's not about you it's, mm. and it's not about them, it's about us and what we're doing together kind of thing, that, 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 that that might sound in contrast to the idea that it's, you know, patrickhollingworth.com. And, yeah, I absolutely had major issues with it initially. Um, I'm quite shy. I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. Um, and, you know, I guess I had some beliefs around um, people who promote themselves and um, I guess probably a real estate agent might be the classic example of somebody who puts their picture of their face, you know, um, on their business card and on the, you know, the, the big advert by the train station and the like. And, and for me that was kind of difficult to, to initially to get my head around. Right. Obviously, it means that you're more exposed to any criticism. If you operate under your business name, then it's you, you're hiding, you're not hiding, but you've got that business name to protect you, whereas when it's mm. you, it's you. Yep. Um, and so I think that what you need to do is just develop a bit of a tough exterior and and just deal with the crap that gets hung on you at times. And I've, I've, I've had that, and I'm much better at now than what I used to be, okay. but there's always room for improvement. So I'm definitely more resilient than what I was um, uh, a few years ago. Um, but as I said, you know, and there's some there's some fantastic role models in our thought leader community. And um, Christina Guidotti, for example, springs to mind as somebody who who I think has 
um, fantastic resilience and and sort of strength. Um, and and she she puts herself out there. Mm. And um, I mean, and Matt Church obviously is another another um, example of that. I used to feel that there was a bit of ickiness around sort of pushing um, who I was, but I now am much better at the idea of going. Well, no, it's not about me. It's about the value that I can kind of create with my client. And yeah. and if they don't like it, if they don't want to take up the offering, that's totally cool. And 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 I, there's no desperation there of a sale it's about wanting to do good work with good people and if it happens it does and if it doesn't it doesn't there's lots of um there's lots of other opportunities out there so it's a bit of that sort of that 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 sharing mentality and growth mindset kind of thing right so if you had your time again patrick is there anything that you would do differently yeah um well no look probably uh, uh, i mean I, i guess you you know you grow from all the mistakes you make and i certainly made a lot um I found that in the early days, because I didn't know what I was doing, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, there's a lot of small businesses out there who who I don't know if prey on 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 small business people is the right word, but um, you know a lot of people give me advice saying, oh, you know, you've got to get SEO done on your website, and I go, oh, okay, and mm-hmm. you know, I'd sign myself yep. up for a thousand dollar a month package and <laughs> and all this stuff, and it's just just throwing money away and. Um, and, and the, the problem with all of that stuff is that you're basically looking out um, for, for other ways to help you grow your business as opposed to looking in and developing yourself, developing your own ideas mm. and working out how they're valuable. Yeah. Um, and I, I know what you, know, you and I in our thought leadership community have learned, it's about really working out who you are, um, what you stand for, what your ideas are, um, and, and if you get that right, People will want them, and you don't need to do all that other peripheral stuff, which is which for the most part I reckon can be a waste of money. So yeah, look, I've made lots of mistakes in mm-hmm. in terms of yeah, you know, wasting money on search engine optimization, and yeah. you know, I once I once um, I once paid um, paid a fee to be included in a in a business book, and it wasn't really a business book; it was a book of motivational speakers, and it. To me, it just oh, right. it, when I when I saw it, it just reeked of cheese, and I just thought, oh, my God, what have I done? Yeah, you know, okay. um, you know, my my reputation is really important. But fortunately, I knew that none of my clients who I'll be working with in a few years' time would even be reading that kind of stuff anyway. Okay. Um, so, look, if I went back and did it again, yeah, I'd do things differently. But I'm much better at what I do now as a result of having had those learning experiences. And I think one thing's really important to to recognise is that. You know, whenever I look to any of my mentors mm-hmm. and some, of, you know, the, the the leaders in Australia, they've also made the same mistakes, and and um, it's okay to kind of make those mistakes as well. You know, we all we all we all we all mess up occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was the same. I think I said one of my earlier podcasts. That was exactly the experience I had. I was so I was caught up in the whole internet marketing thing of. SEO and I, I think, yeah, I think I lost about, it was like $12,000 at one point on SEO and it just drove me crazy. I, I was going, I can't sustain this. <laughs> and uh, and it was, but I didn't have a, a myname.com site at the time. But mm. um, but uh, going to yourname.com and as you say, capturing those ideas and getting those um, around how you add value to others, it's it's not about SEO. It's about um, you know being in, connecting with the right people who need your help, and um, and and getting those ideas out there and making it about them. It's not about you. Uh, yeah, geez, that yeah. took a long time to work that one out. <laughs> and, and, and it's that difference between 
push marketing and pull marketing, mm. push marketing where you're pushing yourself onto others trying to sell yourself, yes. whereas pull marketing, whereas you're known for being the expert, you're known for knowing what you know, and you pull people, you attract people, and they will find you um, yes. no matter that they will find you if, 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 if you're that good, and, and that's what we're all aspiring to be, I guess. So I, would, I could just listen to you for hours and I'm sure anybody who's listening going, well, how do I find out more about, about Patrick? So I guess a couple of questions before we leave you. Uh, first of all, um, so what are you up to for the next 12 to 18 months? Um, so next 12 to 18 months, well, I'm currently um, writing my first book, which, mm-hmm. um, which I'm really enjoying. Um, being a little bit careful because it's an incredibly self-indulgent process to write your own book. You just yes. go, oh, well, I think I might just write my book today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm um, talking to, to, to a, a fairly large um, business publisher um, and well, I should find out next week whether whether we're going to go wow. ahead and, and get a deal on that one. So that would be great. Um, and that's around that concept of, of VUCA. Yes. VUCA is well known in the States and, and in the UK, but really it's, it's pretty unheard of, relatively yeah. speaking, in Australia. So I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, bring that, uh, that concept or, or sort of spread it um, throughout Australia. And, and I think that, that, that the book um, is, is I'm, I'm trying to use the book to, to help that. So the book is basically about, um, it's the premise of VUCA, the problems with VUCA in, in that people don't like being, in volatile and uncertain environments and then the solutions. And, and the, the primary solution is is looking at um, what can you learn from an explorer's mindset and what, what approach can you take. And, and that's that Alpine-style approach that I referred to previously where you, you move quick and light and fast because the old way of doing things, we used to we used to climb mountains in a very staged, progressive way and it would take mm. months at a time. It's called expedition style. It oh. used to work um, like the big organisations like the cumbersome military, but it, it just doesn't really work now. It's, it's too slow to respond to the changing conditions. So basically that's 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 the book and, and I found that, that that book writing process has been a great way also to really delve into my own um, intellectual property and really kind of tighten it up. And um, um, so that's kind of what I'm primarily focusing on at the moment. I'm also doing some more work overseas. So I was in mm-hmm. Europe and the UK in April and, yeah. and did some work with... Um, some oil and gas producers, and I got to work with Marks and Spencers in London. That was pretty wow. cool. They're, like I think they're the world's biggest retailer, yeah. and 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 they're a classic example of a you know they're one of the oldest um, retailers in the world, um, mm. having to contend with this dramatically new um, playing field, and 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 watching what they're doing was was really cool. So I've got a trip coming up to the states in about a month's time. So I'm trying oh, to right. just basically explore that global marketplace um, a bit more. I think that in Australia, it's very easy to kind of to get caught up in in our own market and sometimes it can be a pretty pessimistic market and and um i think that doing more work overseas has has sort of shown to me that it's it's a really really big world out there and there's 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 lots of people who or organizations who who kind of need help and and if you're good they'll um they'll they'll get you involved and they'll pay for it right yeah well, that's been a big one, I think, for me today listening to you is, is, is that yourname.com gives you alpine style. It allows you to give you that uh, flexibility to be able to move fast and and, um, and it just ties so beautifully into your message. So I think for those people listening and thinking about this, I'm thinking that we all need to read your book 
when it comes yeah. out because, um, you know, that's really the epitome of brand new is that, that Alpine style gives you that flexibility. You can um, come back to base camp and take advantage of those mountains when the conditions are right and um, and but you're known for you. And uh, so I think we all definitely need to read your book. So I guess the first next last question I should say is, so when, so that we can keep in touch with you and know when the book comes out, how does everybody find you? Yeah, sure. Well, not surprisingly, they can find me at patrickcollingworth.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, you can, I've got a newsletter, so that's a, a, a fortnightly piece I do where I just basically put my ideas out there around the whole Alpine-style thing about um, how we can better contend with Wuka. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, you can find me at patrickcollingworth.com or connect with me um, on LinkedIn. Great, you're on LinkedIn. Any other social media? Have you got Twitter or anything like uh, that? Yes, Jamie, you? please know uh, Twitter, my Facebook business page, Google+, Plus, oh, you've got the Pinterest, work. Instagram. Wow. <laughs> but, I mean, I find that for the work that I do, you know, primarily with the, with the organisations, that, that obviously LinkedIn is a, is a pretty powerful tool. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, what I've also found is that I've not leveraged it to the best of my ability. I think I have 1,100 connections on LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, and haven't really actually been utilising it. So I'm actually currently one of the things that um, myself and my business manager are working on. We're, we're trying to sort of convert some of those connections and see if we can get them uh, more interested in exactly what I do by getting them on the newsletter list. Great. And that's, you know, some of the other um, episodes that I've recorded have been around doing that and particularly with LinkedIn and um, the new book I'll mention is uh, it's that I'm currently working on. I haven't mentioned it in any of the other podcasts yes. just yet. But uh, so I have a new book coming out. We're uh, working towards uh, September at the moment. And uh, so it's uh, we're on a bit of a, a fast track to be uh, – we're working around the clock to get it done by September. So, um, so it's called Connect, How to Leverage Your LinkedIn Profile for Networking, Business Growth and then Growth and Lead Generation. So we might do a trade, Patrick. I yeah, might, uh, so absolutely. Send I'll be, uh, copies I'll and, uh, put, put me down <laughs> for a copy of that one, please. Okay, I'll certainly do that. But uh, but thank you so much for joining us. I know how busy you are and you're in such demand on speaking circuit and your demands with your book and and um, I know that your certainly your message is so relevant for the brand you um, message that we have on on the show and but also here's I really appreciate you allowing us to sort of get under the hood with your business a bit and understand a little bit more about your experience with it so that as you say that's what we're here for to help others so yeah no so worries much. and I uh, look I mean one of the one of the sort of privileges of doing this work is that you get to you get to associate with some pretty cool and, and some pretty genuinely nice people and um, you're one of those James so oh, I've got you. all the time in the world for you oh you're Jim Thank you. All right. Well, uh, make sure you get in touch with Patrick. At least, you know, make sure you keep an eye out for the book. Jump on his website and his newsletter. And um, if you get to see uh, a speaking event or something that he's at, get along to see him speak because he's he's awesome and you won't miss him. He's really tall and he's he's, (laughs) he's got his reddish kind of hair, so he's not hard to miss, but uh, but great to hear his message. So inspirational. Thank you so much. It's it's blonde head. Oh, you got blonde? Oh, really? You know, having got that winter bit of ginger coming through, maybe, or Just maybe in the that surfing coming through. So <laughs> getting out in salt water. <laughs> All good. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thank Jane. Thank you.